You bop it. You bop it. You bop it. In 2014, the Large Hadron Collider will smash together high-energy positrons to once and for all settle the question. Where the heck is all that cheering coming from? Poetry night rings through. On Monday, September 3rd, we said... This poem is called Under One Small Star. My apologies to Chance for calling it necessity. My apologies to necessity if I'm mistaken, after all. Please don't be angry, happiness, that I take you as my due. May my dead be patient with the way my memories fade. My apologies to time for all the world I overlook each second. My apologies to past lovers for thinking that the latest is the first. Forgive me distant wars for bringing flowers home. Forgive me open wounds for pricking my finger. I apologize for my record of minuets to those who cry from the depths. I apologize to those who wait in railway stations for being asleep today at 5 a.m. Pardon me, hounded hope, for laughing from time to time. Pardon me, deserts, that I don't rush to you bearing a spoonful of water. And you, falcon, unchanging year after year, always in the same cage, your gaze always fixed on the same point in space, forgive me, even if it turns out you were stuffed. My apologies to the felled tree for the table's four legs. My apologies to great questions for small answers. Truth, please don't pay me much attention. Dignity, please be magnanimous. Bear with me, O mystery of existence, as I pluck the occasional thread from your train. Soul, don't take offense that I've only got you now and then. My apologies to everything that I can't be everywhere at once. My apologies to everyone that I can't be each woman and each man. I know I won't be justified as long as I live, since I myself stand in my own way. Don't bear me ill will speech, that I borrow weighty words, then labor so heavily so that they may seem light. Wislawa Samborska, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome Malcolm Kenyon to the stage. This poem is in memory of Major Betty Lou Egbert. United States Army Reserve, and the poem is entitled Nurse. And like Chris of Wywood was inclined to say, it has numbers. One. In the name of God the merciful, the prisoners wrote testimonials in Arabic, florid translations, sentimental, naive, embarrassing, Praise for the Major's unexpected even-handedness. True to her profession, the nurse's pledge to serve transcends the transient cataclysm of war. The passing destructive games men play in the slandered name 
of patriotism. While healers' gentle hands reach in beneath the wreck to salvage, touch, and heal to save that imperishable residue of humanity, the unquenchable spark left glowing in the bitter ash of war. Two, honored highest among all professions is the nurse. Who wills comes closer to the needs of life? Who reaches in to snatch tattered, bleeding, living meat from between the claws of death? Or failing that, provides the final tie of understanding that binds us to the dying. Beneficence, expressed not in words, empty oratory, rhetoric, and hollow promises, but with unspeaking comfort, the last warm touch of human love before the void. Three, barricaded in her ward, a chair against the door. When infiltrators broke the hospital's perimeter, her wounded patients, rousted from their beds, laid hastily beneath them in makeshift safety. That nurse, a soldier now, an army major, a stubborn lady with an M4 carbine ready for the worst, bronze star she never spoke about, found later pinned to a now unused uniform, evidently proud in secret. Four, shock treatments, voluntary commitments, panic, piles of pills. This is what PTSD is, my friends. Cops try to take away your gun, a vain symbolic gesture. You buy another. Nothing helps, not friends, good wishes, Admonitions can hold the invisible at bay, nor keep away bare teeth and demons nipping from the shadows. How can we wrap our arms around our friends to hold them into life? This beautiful laughing nurse squeezed out everything she had inside the tube and left it flat. Gave everything she had. A meteor who consumed herself completely to make a streak of light which too briefly lit the sky to the delight and wonderment of anyone awake or looking up. Then abruptly, it was night again. Thank you. That's Malcolm Kenyon. Please welcome Lizzie. This is truthlessness. You should have told me that he shot himself. To a six-year-old, blowing your brains out makes just as much sense as a heart attack. Maybe more. You could have told me how his nightmares were worse when he was awake. How he sunk into them like a hot stone into snow. How he sucked on the sweet tang of the barrel. How he clenched his eyes and teeth and trigger, how his blood flew like finger paint against the white wall. Instead, you expected me to comprehend interrupted blood supply and cell death 
But what child doesn't identify with fear and helplessness, with the struggle for control, the gratification of doing a bad thing? You should have told me. You would not spare me the truth of your own death, the way you lay like a forgotten doll in your white cotton nightgown, the same kind you used to sew for me. Though there was no blood, no bullet, cancer made you just as dead. Thank you, Lizzie. Keep it going for Lizzie. Please welcome Gary Wade to the stage. It's tough to follow this crowd tonight. <laughs> uh, something of love and figs. A ripe fig is like a loving woman waiting for me in the deep shade of a grove of graceful trees, one finger on a branch with complex graceful curves and with a full round bottom. The greatest beauty of the fig, like that of the most desirable women, is interior. The true flowers of the modest fig, as in those of a virtuous girl, are hidden, awaiting a lover's tongue to find them behind a drop of nectar at the mouth of pink reproductive flesh, the pneumatic orifice of heaven. The tender touch of lips and teeth sends a liquid finer and sweeter than honey around my mouth, flowing down my lips and chin, leaving its souvenir fragrance in my beard and mustache. Tis not the shallow rites of spring that turn my thoughts the most toward love and reproduction. Give me, perhaps, a molten kiss in summer, heat of August on my brow, the full blaze of blue eyes, and sunshine on a ripe, scintillating woman. But for sure, give me a fig tree. Thank you. Gary Wade. Please welcome Troy to the stage. Hey, y'all. Letters to the gendered children of today. Dear child, gender is not black and white. It's like a bruise, beautiful and unique, a handful of colors all at once, and soon to be something different. But for you, there is only boy and girl, and you don't get me, asking parents in quiet voices, she is a boy. Why does that girl wear a tie? Does she not want to be a girl? Child, you are beautiful. Asking why I am not like the others, why the world didn't stop spinning in my head long enough for me to make up my mind. You challenge me to come up with answers. Break the binary that you live, make you think there is a third gender. Or maybe gender is just a societal construction after all. Oh child, think. But parents stop me short, choose my pronouns for me, make me conform to a gender and only believe in two child. I'm like the bruises on your knees. 
I've fallen down too many times to count and I always get back up. Sometimes I wear ties and hair crop short to my skull. Other times I am frills and glitter all the way. When I am really having a gender fuck of a day, I will bind my breasts just to show some leg or glorify my eyelids and nails just to sit like a man so child. Before you make up your mind, think about the option of being neither or both. Your gender is your own and mine is mine, so take your bruised knees and love them before society bruises your soul and getting up after that fall becomes impossible. Child, remember... There is no black and white in this world, only a color spectrum of bruised. Thank you. Let us try. Please welcome Roger to the stage. Uh, this one's called No Good Keys. So I lost my set of keys the other day. I went to my landlord. I hadn't met him yet. I told him my situation. He reached into his pocket. He pulled out a ring of keys about that big. There were 122 keys on that ring. Held them up to me and he jangled them a bit. And he said, here you go, it's the blue one. So I took the keys and I looked at them. All these keys go to something, I said. He said, well, no. No, they don't really go to much at all. I, I guess about three of them go to something since there's only three apartments here. Well, he handed them to me and I took them. I looked at them and I shook them a bit. And then he kind of peered down at me as if to make a point. He said, you know, we don't always know what to do with all the keys we have. We don't always need to unlock all the locks we have. So I tell you, over the years, and he was an old fella, I've kept all these keys to remind me of something. And he took the keys back and he jingled them up in my face, you know, not maliciously or anything. And he said, you know, sometimes you just, you just don't always know what to do with all the secrets you carry. You don't always know what to do with all the locks out there, and you don't know how to unlock them. So I keep all these extra keys, 100 and whatever I said, just as a reminder, simply. And I'll say it again. And he gave me back the keys. I just don't always know what to do with all the secrets I carry. And he looked at me right in the eye and he said, And son, I got my share of mine. Roger, ladies and gentlemen. And please welcome Amy Guerra to the stage. Uh, this is a ballet poem. Uh, it's called Port Accord, which, if you're not fluent in French, means carriage or movement of the body. 
Load the minutes that make your life onto my surprisingly stacked bones. I am a slow ferry ride, a freight train, sure motion and sound. Transportation. They run, reaching alongside of me, and I give them a hand up. The unremarkable people who are now set as your past. The repetitive chores that define your nature. The mental pathways you pace alone. It isn't for the stops, but for the movement that they clamor aboard. And in shoes that fit like a lover, I use this brutal space in between to rise. And with all your life riding on me, I carry on. Amy Guerra, ladies and gentlemen, give her a hand. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Tiffany Goodrow to the stage. This is a book by Chris Cook, Opposites Attract. It's so uncanny how it works. You trust in love and fate. And bucking all the odds, sometimes you find the perfect mate. And so it was one day as I was walking past the pond, awash in thoughts of destiny and things that lie beyond. And then I saw him circling round and round and round, a bullfrog missing one back leg. He glanced at me and frowned. I wondered how he got that way, a crocodile perhaps? Their jaws are well designed for causing gruesome handicaps. Or what about some crazed French chef appearing through the fog with a cleaver raised and poised to chop? Come closer, little frog. I'll bet the frog can't sleep some nights and whimpers for his mother, afraid the chef will soon return to amputate another. But then I saw another swimming frog, a mademoiselle. She'd also lost a leg. I swear, she circled round as well. The lack of one propelling leg unfortunately serves to set a frog upon a path of long, unending curves. But each had lost a different leg and faced a tragic plight. See, he could only circle left and she could only circle right. They shared a simple dream where lovers' paths can coincide, of swimming straight and far, exploring waters deep and wide. I cringed. It hurt my gut to watch this pitiful affair. Was this the twist of fate that was intended for this pair? I thought I'd try to help, and so I whispered in his ear. He nodded that he understood. The female circled near. He quickly grabbed around her waist, and she did the same to him and with their two collective legs set out to try to swim. It worked! Their paths were straight. Before returning to the wild, they both glanced back and winked at me. I raised my thumb and smiled. <laughs> Thanks. Tiffany Goodrow! Please welcome to the stage, our man behind the curtain, Boris. 
Thanks. I call this the alchemist's song. The sabbat of witches, the dead of the night, Queen Lilith to be summoned vaporously, to walk o'er the earth and spread blackening blight through evil and infamous dark sorcery. The alchemist taxed his blood and sweat and toil by ancient jinns unholy, invoking light, profanities warping the accursed soil. The succubus heard her new master's plea, nay, rending the earth nor making seas boil, but sitting with him and sharing some tea, artichoke hearts, red wine, olives oil. Enraged, she raised herself to her full height and swore to the mage his skin she would broil for casual calls to appear to his sight. The alchemist waxed ever eloquently, spare me, dark mistress, and this mortal coil, which I call my home and my own unto me, I ask thee not thy raisin detra to foil. Instead, to beg thee, my dear, reserve your bite for some other servant yet proven less loyal than one who asks nothing but love for a night. I ask thee not thy raisin detra to foil, nor wish for a moment thou forsake thy fight, just artichoke hearts and some bread dipped in oil. I ask nothing more than thy presence tonight. Yeah. Yeah. That is Boris, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome Jeff to the stage. Descent from Godhood. I went up the mountain, expecting only incoherent and incomplete salvation, a sort of spiritual static, the great muddled destiny of the youthful. And in the morning light, in the forest fog, the gods of nature and grandeur spoke to me, to tell me not to be inspired, but calm to tell me not to be shaken by the dawn, but relieved, to tell me that finally I had found a journey worth taking and someone who would take it with me. Coming down from the mountain, I felt my own descent from godhood, this primal return to humanity and the receiving of this weary mantle of the flesh. Newly tired, home amidst my skin and sinew, home deep in red flesh and synapses, newly inspired by the concrete and cement around me and the hand I held. Thank you. This is Jeff. Please welcome Ryler to the stage. Um, so, okay, yeah, so this is a poem. <laughs> it's called Scavenged Epistle. Oh, so there's like a, a, a reference to a Greek myth in here, which um, probably many of you know or have heard of, but it's this really terrible, uh, terrifying myth about um, Leda, who was raped by Zeus. Um, Zeus turned into a swan and raped Leda as a swan. So the moon mounts the overpass, a low, sick, sweet note, and gopher bones click in black grass epistolary. My shadow moves below the lamps, a hunter whose hands hang like bagged birds. The more we learn of nature, the less of love we find. Life's lord isn't love, but longing, 
Runnels desire as it swells downhill to a stream. Silk reed and summer rain dripping off aspens. Crickets thrum. Feline whines. Water pulse of babble and brush. The Lord is a tear in the clouds where stars spark through to help the owl kill. I relate to Lita a little, walking near moonless water, marsh of rank decay that leads forth life. I too am afraid of vast elegance, where beauty peels away from compassion. It's like Nietzsche quoting Schopenhauer on music. It's yearn and irresistible rhythm, a terrible creative force swirled into passing form. Once, by a lake, a glassy, broken bit of loon call lodged in me like a sliver, quivered, spread into my blood, and now won't leave my voice. In starlight, the stream is a courier in a coat of mirrors. I follow past dumpster and ditch to marsh lip, where, behind willows of wealthy neighbors, cattails nod in and out of sleep. One swamp rose dips low. I follow its overgrown tendrils down to dreams glimmer and sluice. I, too, have grown long from my longings, cool, wolf-ragged, waterlogged at my edges. The half-moon paints a wavering road on water. It leads to fine fish bones, translucent, half-eaten, that nudge the reeds. If there's a heaven, we will bend down to examine our old selves and wonder how something so delicate was ever allowed. Love, we say, and it lifts listless fugitive into its own reflection. Half awake, I pick gnats from my teeth, watch clouds clear, and the half moon shine. Thank you, guys. Ryler Dustin, ladies and gentlemen, that is Ryler, and that is our show. I think in the history of the millennium, there are very few people who can say that I did not score for No one wants to be the two. Serious? Everyone got that I was totally joking there, right? We're gonna go, it goes, okay, it goes, so it goes F. D. C. B. A. C. B. C. B. A. C. B. A. And then double plus gamma. That's That's our show! That was the show. That was a show.